Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of After Action Studios. Today, I have Mark Williams. So this is what we're going to do. This is the thing I had in my head, right? It was go on the internet and find veterans that have helped themselves outside of the VA. I like it. Yeah. So I've went to this one Facebook page called Green Life Vets. I've been a member for a hot minute. Well... I put out a call for fire, and Mark showed up and said, hey. So I was like, call me. And it worked out. And here we are. How are you doing, Mark? Yeah, man. I'm doing good, brother. I'm doing good. Um, yeah, I just saw your little feeler out there, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I can say something that will be of worth to somebody who might be going through a rough time, and maybe it will help me. Maybe I'm just spitting there for 30, 40 minutes, whatever. Who knows? But it's always nice to feel like you're being of help in some way or another. Yeah, exactly. And we have to, as vets, have each other's back for sure. Yeah, and actually, uh, that's one of the things that you and I were talking about before we got started on this um, was, and I'm going to kind of rewind a little bit and go back to kind of my history. Um, I was actually born and raised in Kansas city where you're currently located. Um, no, we're not of kin, although we do share the last name. Um, true. But back in, uh, you know, gosh, it's been 17 years. I enlisted in the military. Um, it was army infantry, uh, had a great time doing it. Um, there, there's great times and bad times. Um, you know, but I like to, try to look on some of it as positive but since leaving I, i've been left with a plethora of physical and emotional scars um i used to think that guys with post-traumatic stress were a bunch of pussies i used to think that they were weak-minded i used to think that they were making shit up and i had no idea what i was talking about it took me about two years after i got out of the army to start realizing that i had issues Something wasn't right with me. Um, as soon as I got out of the Army, I joined the police force down here in Columbus, Georgia. Uh, did that for two years. Ended up getting in trouble with the FBI because they found out that I had brought some things back overseas that I shouldn't have. Um, long story short, no child, no charges were filed or anything. But during that time, I started exhibiting a lot of behaviors that were not normal of my character. I, I was very selfish and I was very um, aggressive in nature. And that just wasn't me. That, that wasn't who I was. And unfortunately, my wife, she suffered uh, a great stress at my hands. Uh, and then I found my way to the VA. Now, the VA has, it has its merits. It, it, it does the best that it can, but we have to keep in mind that who runs the VA, the government. We can, you know, get on that high horse of, oh, you can't trust the government, or we can be proactive with our health, be proactive with how we are with our families, with our sons and daughters, with our wives and the rest of our family. I wasn't being the person who they loved, and that's who I needed to be. So I went to the VA in Topeka, Kansas, about, I don't know, an hour and a half from you, and they had a seven-week inpatient program there that was very intense. And it worked. It worked miracles for me. 
but as time went on, therapy kind of got old and I felt like they weren't listening to me. And then I just started self-medicating. I self-medicated with different things that distracted me from my issues like pornography, guns. Oh, we could have a conversation about guns. I'm the rain man of guns. Oh, shit. But these are all things that are distracting, right? From Because us as men, we're supposed to have a certain example, right, set for us. But if we don't ever have that example set for us when we're kids, how do we know how to set it? It's hard when you are raised by a father who wants to discipline you but can't because mom and dad are divorced. There's that separation there. Mm-hmm. So now you're just being raised by mom. Mom wants to discipline you, but she can't because she's got five kids going on several jobs. Lord so Jesus. It was hard for me to kind of navigate my childhood in an appropriate manner. So when I get older, not only do I have these unresolved issues from being a kid, but now I got, you know, trauma from Iraq. Or in some cases, lack thereof. So you you were uh, you were eleven you were eleven Bravo. That's correct. Oh, so you were down, you were out there booting it up, man. And did you get in after nine eleven? Yeah, I got in. After, I got in uh, August of two thousand and three. Um, Me I came too. To Benning, did train? Oh yeah. What uh, what battalion were you with? I was one three eight. I well, I went to Benning. I uh, went one three eight for basic. I wasn't. Yeah, I was one five zero for basic. I wasn't a. I was a thirteen fox. I'm, I'm not familiar with the Fox series. Fister, Ford Observer. Oh God, you Fisters are a breed of your own. Yeah. <laughs> the inappropriate shit that goes on in y'all's barracks is unquestionable. <laughs> yeah, man. And Benning around that time was crazy because this is. I mean, we were just getting out of high school. Nine uh, eleven yeah. happened. It was all hands on deck. Uh, they needed all the bodies. And they were even telling people who were going to face jail sentences, hey, we'll get you off your jail sentence if you come and join for six years. Oh, yeah, for sure. And they were definitely recruiting some retards. <laughs> yeah. I thought we were getting Marines mixed in with us for a while. I grew up in Mississippi, man, so it was like uh, – it was like bred into you, like, hey, if shit goes down, you're going to war. And my whole family was military, so, like, why not? 9-11 happened. It was like, yeah, my ticket out, baby. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people that age saw. Is their, that was their ticket either out of their small town, out of their abusive home, out of whatever it was that they hated at that time. That's why the dudes that were in there, not only were they alpha male types, but they were not the types of great morals and values. Like, I've I've seen a grown man smash a girl's skull in with a fire extinguisher because she made fun of his accent because he's from Kentucky. Well, that Those Kentucky accent, yeah, that Kentucky accent's rough, though. It, it, it is, it is. But in all fairness, um, you know, we were also enlisting some of the best men our country have ever produced. For sure. You know, some of the guys that I served with were absolute studs. I got a guy who is still in the, I think he's still in the National Guard. Blue is his name. But this dude loves deploying. Like, he gets off on it. Well, he's a first arm by now. I'm not sure where he's at right now, to be honest with you. Um, He he may or may not have done a few things that 
may have tarnished or held back his promotion progress. Oh, he's, yeah, he's a really good soldier. He's a good dude. You ain't lived honest, unless you're, you're not a good up. soldier if you ain't had an Article 15. For sure. At if least you you're not Article 15, then you're just not fun. Yeah, or at least you're not combat. I mean, if you're combat, you're definitely. I mean, Article 15s are issued, baby. Yeah, yeah, I've I've, I've had mine. <laughs> I've Me had my too. Year and I, I I was like, man, this sucks. I'm not doing this shit again. But you know what? That's so you got deployed. About the army. You got deployed right after that. Yeah. So uh, we deployed. I want to say in ooh, October, November four, yeah, I think. Um, you were there in the Ramadi was, days. That was well. I was northeast of Baghdad in Bakuba in the Diyala province. Gotcha. Um, we were out of Fob Normandy, which was kind of a suburb of Warhorse or Anaconda. For those of you who are familiar with those. Oh look, Warhorse um, doesn't even exist anymore, and Anaconda is Joint Base Balad now. I did not know that. Yeah, Warhorse does not exist at all. It it didn't even exist. They got rid of it in 06, I think. Oh, wow. See, it was pretty good size when we were there. We thought it was huge compared to where we were at. Normandy. Oh, dude, Balotas. It is a wonderland. It is. They've got swimming awesome. pools and everything. they got everything there, but it is Air Force. Oh, well. Or, or not, don't get me started on the Air Force. We'll be here all day. <laughs> but no, I, w- I want to get back to, uh, to what we were talking about. About um, yeah, we you know we got these guys that are coming in that are alpha males that are aggressive in nature. We got these Captain America guys that are coming in, like my buddy Blue. Um, and the whole time we're going through this, it sucks. I mean, there's there's no way about it. Some deployments suck more than others, but overall, you're not comfortable. You're not at home. You're not sleeping in bed. And some of these guys are getting trained to kill, kill, kill. And then when they get over there, they're being told, hey, don't shoot unless they shoot at you first. Yeah, yeah. Shoot, he raises that RPG at you. What? And then they're stuck over there for a whole year under command that really doesn't care about morale. And they're getting all this anger built up inside of them with no way to let it out. Don't shoot, don't shoot. You have a platoon sergeant that would rather let a guilty man go than shoot an innocent man. You know, you got all these things, and these dudes, they they compact this anger, and they stuff it down because they're told to do so. Yeah. And then when they reach, you know, middle age, 30, 35 years old, all of a sudden they start having mental problems. No bueno. Now, my, my marriage lasted about nine years, and... I took a look at myself. I did a self-inventory and said, you know what? The VA cannot be your primary source of medical care. It just can't be. Why? Well, because they don't know you. They don't want to know you. You're a number to them. Yeah, you're a, you're you a, you're cattle, man. They they uh I will say this. There's good and bad about the VA, but when we all started coming back, man, there was too many of us and too little of them. And the resource very, was very falling so. to the wayside, and the Obama administration definitely did not help that. Um, now it's getting a lot better. But during that time, it was real, real rough, and we were a number, hey, take this pill, take this pill, take this pill. That's right. Well, and once they give you these pills and you start taking them, it's supposed to be a regular routine unless documented otherwise. 
they at one point had me on 15 different medications. Lord. And I was like, I can't do this. Like I've, I've had friends who have died because they were over medicated. Yeah. And I, I don't want to be that guy, you know? So I stopped taking the pills and I started smoking pot. I went to a buddy of mine and Adam said, Hey man, I, you know, let me get like $25 worth. I didn't even know what it looked like. He probably could have gave me one grand for $25. What, so when, <laughs> so with your thought press, your thought process on that, was it My like? My thought process was I'm angry. I'm irritable. I want to snatch the life out of everybody that looks at me crooked. I just, I was just a hateful person. Yeah. And I wanted it to stop. Yeah. I wanted all the anger and frustration because now I'm raising kids, right? I need to be an example for my kids. And you're still married at this so, point. I, I'm still married. Yes. Um, I am, at, yeah, at this point, we're talking nine years of marriage. Yeah. Right? We've been through ups, we've been through downs, some pretty big downs, and some really good ups. Um, but I started smoking pot, and I saw the very first blunt that I rolled, and it was the most terrible looking joint you've ever seen in your life. But after smoking it, I could not believe how calm I was. Really? I could not believe how mellow I was. Damn. My wife even looked at me and she was like, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm straight. Cause I was just laid up at the couch. It was an indica. And she was like, Oh, well, I just haven't heard you yell in the last five minutes. I wondered if you were still alive. <laughs> and I kind of laughed about it. And right then and there, I knew now my wife, she's, she's, Born and raised in the South. She does. This is the devil's lettuce we're talking about. So oh, yeah. Tell. Yeah. But I knew right then and there, this is what me. So I started using more regularly. At this time, I was also very heavily into guns. Um, I was training for USPSA matches and IDPA matches. Um, I was also doing horse trading with firearms in the local community. I was doing it legally, you know. Yeah. Um, and I had been taking loans out. I had been hiding secret bank accounts for my wife. Um, it was a number of things, right? A crazy number of things. All to feed this addiction. Not, not an addiction, but, well, you could call it an addiction to guns. Well, if you're having, I, if, honestly, if you're having secret bank accounts and hiding it from your old lady, yeah, that's an addiction, man. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I justified it by saying, you know what? I need the pot though. And I can't afford the pot without the guns. So I gotta have them. So then I started putting on classes for like new shooters and stuff and training them how to shoot and making money that way. And I started winning some of these local matches and making a little bit of money. Most of the time they give you like a free gun or, you know, a cleaning kit or some stupid shit. So I kept smoking and I started realizing that every time the when I fight, every time that I raise my voice at my kids, it's not when I'm high. It's when I'm not high. Now, I wasn't smoking to get high. When I say high, for me, I mean calm. Yeah. I don't mean so laid back that my eyes are shot red, I can't walk into work and function. You're not blowed at your right now. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I've still got my wits about me. So, I continue to do it. Well... Here about this January, I stopped doing it, and I had um, I had a real big issue with my son threatening his younger brother, and I said, 
Cole, you need to stop. He wouldn't do it. My youngest one, of course, being the youngest brother, being terribly he is, he says, you're a butt face, right? My oldest son picks his fist up and cocks it back, and I grab him by the fist. And I said, sit down. He wouldn't sit down. You got to remember, I'm not on pot at this point. So I dug my fingernail into his why did you stop? Why did you stop smoking in January? I ran out. Oh, okay. I, I that's just, a great explanation. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it, it, it wasn't that I made the choice to. Yeah. So... I had run out and I, I put my fingernail into his hand and I push into his skin a little bit. And I said, sit down. And he sits down. I let go of his hand. We go back to eating. He looks at his hand and he goes, hmm. he said, I wonder if DFAX is going to say anything about that when I tell him about this tomorrow. And I lost it. I was like, oh, really? You want to go to DFAX? Okay, well, let me give them a reason to take you away from me. I'm going to beat your ass right here and now. You know, I, I was ready to roll. And, um, Sorry, I had a phone call. I was trying to ignore it. So my wife's upset with me. I'm upset with me because I understand my um, the position that I put myself in. And your kids hey. are freaked the fuck oh, out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they're freaking out. Um, sorry, we had to call the show. That's all good, bro. So, uh... So I'm depressed. I'm upset with myself by the way that I've behaved. And this click just goes off in my head. And I go completely numb. I've got my gun on my hip, and then I've got one in the center console. I get to the house. I kiss my kids goodbye. I tell them I love them. Oh, shit. I my wife get out of the car, and she had to give me the gun. So I handed her the gun that she knew about but I didn't hand her the one that she didn't know about. Oh. So I go up to my son's parking lot in his school and I'm shaking, crying. I'm rattling my teeth with this thing. I can feel the metal in my mouth. It's horrible. And I'm having a nervous breakdown. Jesus. And I could not come down. I don't know what it was. Grace of God, Holy Spirit, whatever. But something happened and I said you know what I need to call my pastor I called him talked to him for a little bit went and saw the new Star Wars movie that came out at that time I couldn't even tell you what was in it it was probably some incest and some lasers is all I know yeah (laughs) that's pretty much the whole premise of Star Wars um but anyways I I go home I sleep and I stay at a buddy of mine's house I stay at his house and he lives in the middle of the ghetto. He's got guns and drugs and alcohol everywhere. Oh, Lord. And I'm like, fuck, this is not good. So I went for a walk. I go for a walk, and I, I don't even remember my mindset at the point, but I remember I wanted the pain to end. I wanted the suffering to end because I had embarrassed my family a great deal. I had abused them and talked to them in a way that was not appropriate. Well, at least you went on a and walk was, and thought about it and didn't uh, go gangbang with your buddy. Well, the problem is that the walk was even worse. <laughs> was I'm it, going though? For a walk through, it was. I was at the corner of 14th and 24th in East Highland in Columbus, Georgia. And I see this dope boy on the streets. And we're walking on the same side. And he, he just asked me straight up. He's like, yo, you looking to buy? And I was like, no, nah, man. And he puts his hand on my shoulder. He's like, hey, my man, my man. And when he puts his hand on my shoulder, to me, that's my 
permission. You know, that, that I was like, okay, you have an opportunity. Go ahead and take it. I was an opportunist. I turned around very quickly and I took him to the ground. I didn't even throw a punch, but I just took him to the ground and I got in the mount and I began to rain elbows into his face. And I was crying and screaming while. And this poor fella is getting, this poor fella has no idea. He is getting the bombs dropped on him from a combat vet. And he's just trying to sell you some smoke or whatever he's trying to sell you. And you done gave him the hail Mary from hell. And that, that was, that's the problem is I was becoming somebody that I wasn't rage. And I sat in the mud and I was, it was raining. I was crying and I was nervous. I was like, did I just kill this guy? So I, my cell phone out, I turn on the flash and I put it in his eyes to make sure his pupils dilate. I get him standing up and walking and I just tell him, I'm going to go home, man. You got your dope. You got your money. I'm not stealing from you. Just go home. And Dude, I was I came home to Fred's house and Fred looked at me like, What the fuck is wrong with you? And I just Jeez. I just shrugged my shoulders and took off my clothes and washed them and threw away my jacket I was wearing. Um and I, I for days I kept an eye on the news to see if somebody had been turned into the hospital, beaten to a bloody pole, like paranoid as hell. And so what did I do? I went back to the VA. I said, Hey VA, I need help again. They put me on a ten thirteen, it's a suicide watch and i go back to topeka kansas to that same program i went to all those years before and it helped again is this uh, anger management one so this program does anger management it does a number of different modalities as far as therapy is concerned yeah um they do a lot of yoga and breathing and we talk about our chi and uh, just all sorts of stuff that, that normally you wouldn't associate with the VA. So it's it's gotten beyond Western medicine. They For haven't sure. quite opened up to um, they haven't quite opened up to marijuana and everything else yet. Now I'm gonna share with you the information that was shared with me from the pharmacist at the Topeka VA. Gotcha. Right. We all asked for the same thing. Hey, you're prescribing pills that make my dick not work. You prescribe me pills that make me want to kill myself. You're doing the opposite of what they're supposed to do. They have a laundry list of problems. We say, why have you not invested in marijuana? Why, why not even do a research? Use us as the guinea pigs, right? And her answer was, I have not seen credible evidence that suggests that it helps with post-traumatic stress. I said, have you read any of the journals from Israel? Because she didn't realize it, but we actually had a vet who was in the Marines for 12 years who was born and raised in Israel and actually served in the IDF in Israel. So he told us about these things. He's like, yeah, marijuana is like, Israel is the number one place for research for it. It's been happening for years. True. So... We're asking her about it, and she's like, well, I just haven't been impressed with the effects. And my buddy looks dead at her. He's like, I can go to my truck right now and have every one of us smoke up, and you will see a stark difference in the room, guaranteed. And he was like, tell me I'm wrong. And he was, you know, and I told him, I was like, let me be real. I said, like, it can't be any worse than alcohol, because I've made far worse decisions on alcohol than I ever have marijuana. Everybody has. (laughs) I've driven over a 1,000 miles to see a girl one night when I was drinking, I just, all yeah. these stupid things that, that we've ain't done smart at all under the influence of alcohol. Yeah, no, definitely not. 
um, especially when the girl's from Columbus, Georgia. Um, oh yeah, ain't ain't yeah. There, ain't a, <laughs> there ain't a stretch of highway good enough for some putang a thousand miles. No, Ooh, no. she ain't ain't <laughs> no woman worth a thousand miles. But no, we uh, you know it's we just decided then that we'll take all the tools and stuff that they give us and all the different ways we're supposed to train our minds and, you know, the ways the process we're supposed to take when we wake up from the very first minute we wake up, we're supposed to train ourselves. I get all that, but sometimes it's just not enough. Some of these vets I've seen and I've talked to and they're just like, dude, it doesn't matter how many pills they give me. It's never enough. And I tell them all, I'm like, try smoking pot. Just try it once. The worst thing that's going to happen, you're going to get high and a little paranoid, and then it'll be over with. It's a great equalizer, to be oh, honest. It is. It it provides a balance. See, because I've I don't like pot personally. I don't like the smell. I don't like the taste. I don't like anything about it, other than the fact that it makes me equal to my family. It puts me on the same mental wavelength as my family. It puts me in the same mindset as my family. It doesn't. It's, you, I don't smoke it for the purpose of getting high. Am I against that? No, absolutely not. No more than I'm against people drinking. But for me, it's a medical thing. Always been a medical thing. So how do you, so how's your relationship with your sons now? It's fractured, but it's, it's mending. Um, I openly now can smoke in front of my wife. She knows that I purchase. I don't have to hide purchases from her or anything else anymore. It was beyond freeing to give up all those lives. Yeah, for sure. I and, bet. And the amount of damage it did, all for an addiction to guns, was I'm disgusted by it now. And in fact, as much of a Second Amendment supporter as I am, I don't even own a gun in my house anymore. Well, sometimes you got to give up my door and you slap them. You have to. You have to, because even just keeping around the house, if I saw myself going from zero to 100 to the point where I want to kill myself, I don't trust myself enough not to do it again. So I'm just getting rid of it. So now somebody comes through the door. I'm just going to pop a flare and put a machete in the other hand and run out of ass naked and hope for the best. Oh, yeah. Machete always scares the hell out of people. I mean, it scared me. I promise you that. Oh, yeah. You walk into some uh, stranger's house. Well, hopefully it's not that fella you were trying to buy or they were trying to sell you that dope on the street. <laughs> I bet you a million bucks he'll no. never forget you. I'll bet you a million bucks he won't be as aggressive with his sales pitch anymore. <laughs> I'll bet you he'll shout from across the street, hey, you looking to buy? <laughs> right now, um, yeah. we've been talking to Senator Blunt here in Missouri. And um, they're trying. It's up in the Senate right now, and um, for DOD, for yeah, for DOD um, to pass a law that veterans and active duty could use CBD, and CBD is a great component of all this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I really wish they would do it because it helps me. That's the only thing I take now. Yeah, see, I did CBD for a while. It did help me fall asleep, and it and it helped a little bit with my knee pain. Uh, but it 
didn't mentally it didn't provide me with as much oomph as I needed. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It's too much um, for me. Like weed's too much for me. Uh, I just but my my level, yeah. dude. I can I can drink one beer and be drunk as a skunk. I'm I'm such a titty baby when it comes <laughs> to all that stuff. Yeah, so I I personally never found a taste for beer. I know a lot I don't of my like infantry it either. brothers were giving me more shit than I could handle for <laughs> not liking a beer. Oh yeah, and uh, Kansas City's a huge brewing brewing spot in America and I yeah, don't Boulevard like beer. Brewing Company. Yeah, I do not like beer. I've tried every one of the Boulevard tanks and I just couldn't find a liking to it. I wanted to. I tried. But it's good that like alcohol is so bad for you and uh, in comparison to marijuana. Look, Cannabis. Oh, absolutely. They've they've got they got this shit down to so much science now. They can fix damn near anything with it, and it's remarkable. Well, they've gotten plants through crossbreeding and genetics and everything, where they have almost no THC content, super high cannabidiols, which is the CBD that you're consuming. Yeah. Um, there's other plants where it provides the fifty fifty. There's other plants where it's all THC and the THC content is above 30%, which is used to be unheard of, but now, I mean, they're getting it higher and higher. That's so, scary, man. It is. I, cause I, I accidentally, um, here recently I purchased an ounce from a movie mine and I turned it into a butter and then in turn, turned those into cookies. And, uh, you ate some of saw the Lord. To, what's that? You ate some of them bad boys and saw the Lord. I ate one. <laughs> Apparently, one ounce to two sticks of butter is a little bit too much. It should have been four sticks of butter, and I didn't realize. So I popped one of those cookies in, and I was off to the races. And uh, hell, no. I was going nowhere fast. Oh so, no! I don't like I don't like being that high. I prefer to be just high enough to where I'm calm, to where I'm even. So. Yeah, I don't want to be able to. I don't want to be able to hear my thoughts, man. I don't want to. I don't want to be able to like hear colors and see sounds. I don't. I'm good. See, I'd rather that than hear my real thoughts. Because sometimes my real thoughts are ugly. So okay, along with this, the shit I think is terrible. Along with the using this as medicinal. Do you go to any other type of therapy? Do you exercise? Do you eat right? Do you combine it with some of these other things? Um, I don't eat right. I'll be honest. I we've been on lockdown, and I've just been working on this dad bod. I'm at two between two hundred five and two ten, which is the heaviest I've ever been. Um, I'm looking to get that down soon. I do go to therapy every week. Uh, this is not a VA doctor. This is yeah. a civilian doctor. The first time I met him, he reminded me of my family, just that fire red hair. And I was like, I'm a ginger too, dude. (laughs) Well, I, my whole mom's side of the family is all fire red hair. And, uh, I've never seen wrath on anybody. Like I have my mother Yeah, and she put a bad taste in my mouth for all redheads. (laughs) Sorry, bro. But, um, no, you are, you're, you're, you're another different breed. Not only are you a redhead, but you're also a sister. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm a ginger fist. But um <laughs> sounds like a terrible porn name. That's no, it's it's so, um, it's approved in forty eight states. <laughs> so we, we went ahead and uh I I consume either through edibles or through a vaporizer now, so I don't have to worry about the harsh 
tightness in my lungs and everything. Um, if I had a Dodge piss test, absolutely. Absolutely. When I went to the VA, uh, I think I dodged like six of them with fake urine. Oh, man. And well, they won't give you your I, other meds if you do piss hot. And I told them when I got there, I was like, look, I'm going to piss hot. Like, I'm going to melt the cup. Like, it's just trust me on this. And they're like, well, you still got to do it. Well, some we had a rumor going around about if you piss hot in the middle of an inpatient program like that, you can lose all your benefits. And I'm like, what? That's not true. Like, well, get Guess well, I didn't know it wasn't true at the time. I, you know, I was like, "Oh shit, okay." Well, I'm just gonna go buy some fake piss, and I did. Um, so, long story short, yeah, I I do therapy. Um, I was very interested in two things. That I'm still looking forward. Don't have the money to do it right now. One is I have my old medic, uh, Jack Roscoe. Um, he is out in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and he does a lot of um, of whole earth type healings. Yeah. Um, he's a lot of Indian. He lived, I think, a dude all out on the res. And uh, and he ha- they have this thing where it's an ayahuasca trip. Oh, I know exactly. I, know ex- they I am deep off into that stuff. Now, that's yeah. my cup of tea, man. Hallucinogenics, if if one thing I am a component for is that, and I think they, I think everybody should do them. Yeah. And I, I looked at this and he talked to me about it and he said, listen, man, we're going to go on this ayahuasca trip together and we're going to, you know, open up your mind to, um, to process what you experienced. Cause that's what trauma is. It's just unprocessed trauma. And he was like, you know, you can come out here. It's a two, three day long thing. You got to prep your body. I didn't know this, but there's like a diet that you have to follow for two weeks before you go. Yeah. Because the ayahuasca tea can cause your stomach to produce a lot of bile and a lot of acid. and It can be very jarring to your body. Yeah. You're going to puke a lot the whole time. As a matter of fact. Yeah. I didn't know that. I was like, Oh geez, that's okay. That was more than I knew. And I just continued, um, to, you know, research about it more and more. Uh, I talked with my wife about it, and she was very against it at first, and just like, I don't know. That's What is she scared she's like, of? Really <laughs> Same thing I am, What's gonna, what I'm going to experience. Well, I'll, you want me to tell I, you what you're going to experience? Yeah, please. So this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. So I wouldn't even put the cup to my lips until... Your set and setting is right in your mind. So when I say that, I mean make sure you know your wife has got the bills paid, everything. You don't have that worry. The kids are taken care of. Patch up as much back home. Before you take this trip, pack up and just get a, a nice, warm, get a fuzzy feeling in your in your belly and have your mind right when you go down there. And you better be ready to go on a trip. And this is, you got to take it like, you know that first time you got on the plane to Iraq and you were, you were scared a little bit? <laughs> that same feeling should come across your body. The exact same feeling. And because you're going on a trip, this thing is not going to fix stuff. This is going to kick the door open for you to fix it. This is... You're going to see things. You're going to feel things. You're going to 
remember epigenetically your ancestors' shit that they remember. I, it's you are not on this plane, wow. and every time you puke, you're going down a wormhole. And it's scary to think of, like to put it into words is not possible. But the shaman, that person in charge, the people that are around you there will take care of you. And hopefully they'll take care of you. Um, you just got to make sure, man, you got to, you got to get your mind right before you get there. And brother, and this See, is another, th- and this probably is going to be the biggest thing for me. Well, if you, you got to do this and this, and I promise you, this will help you. And it sounds crazy. And it's, you got to put in work though. Once you put in this work and you see those, you see those steps and those strides of getting better. Trust me, in the long run, when you do do the ceremony, a thousand percent, you'll be better off. Do you own a bicycle or have the capacity to get a bicycle? Oh, yeah. Bro, I'm telling you, it sounds fucking crazy, but do it. Get your ass on a bicycle and just put in a podcast, put in music, put in a book, and just go. Go down the street, and at first you're going to start off with two miles. It's going to suck. Then you'll next week you'll go four. Ne- Dude, I promise you, you'll get up at 5 o'clock every morning and get on your bike, and you'll enjoy it. And you'll go 20 miles, and, it, and an hour will go by like that. And you'll feel crazy yeah. good. And I've heard that these guys who go on these trips, they end up – changing their whole perspective on not just their traumas, but on life itself. 100%. They are not lying. Everybody on an even playing field. You stop looking down on people. You stop looking up to people and you just realize that we're all really the same. Like it's, that's why I'm so interested in it. That is 100% correct. 1000% correct. Dealing with trauma is only part of what a lot of veterans deal with. Some veterans are dealing with, multiple different personalities, bipolar disorder. Um, they died while I was in Topeka they diagnosed me with bisexual personality disorder. And I was like, I'm a pretty social guy. What are you talking about? And then I look it up on Google and I'm like, Oh my God, they're lumping me in with Ted Bundy and all these other serial killers. Google's like, full of shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I stopped doing the Google doctor thing real quick after that, bro. Let me tell you this. What if, when you do do this, Okay, I I have I promised, I have promised myself this. I will never kill anything again, ever again, unless mm-hmm. you're in my home, and that's going to be still mm-hmm. a hard sell. Like, bro, I will never kill anything again. That, we are all life. That shit, it shows you love. It shows you hate. It yeah. shows you reality. You are not this. You are, as in the words of Rogan, this is just a, a meat vehicle. We're just riding. Yeah. In, we're riding in this thing. None of this shit in the world really matters, dude, except love. And this shit See, shows you that. That's what a lot of people feel after they have that high loss trip. One thousand percent. Do it. Uh, the other thing that I was also really looking forward to doing this year, hopefully soon. Um, is going up to Chicago, which <laughs> that's going to be a nightmare for me because all the, anyways, um, 
up in Chicago, they have this doctor that does what's called a stellite ganglion block. Yeah, uh, I got a buddy that did they it. They use it, it in. Yeah, they they use it in women who are giving birth, and it, it deadens the nerve. But in deadening the nerve, it allows your mind to process the therapies that you're taking on afterwards. Exactly. And I was I was so curious about this because it's far different than just giving a pill and hoping it works. You know, it's it, it's getting at the core of you know getting your physical body at ready and prepared for what the mental mind has to do. I've, I've got a buddy. He's an ODA interested. guy. He's an ODA guy, special forces, and uh, he's still he's still active. So I'm not going to say his name, but he's really he's close to me. And um, he did this, and I saw him uh, in September before he got it done. And then I saw him in January afterwards. Totally different dude. He's happy. Yeah. He can process yeah. shit. He knows how. He's not like he's not analytical like Elon Musk, but he's very he's a smart guy. He's a f- real smart guy. And this dude, he's so sharp and he doesn't freak out anymore and like he's not so uh, hyper vigilant all the time and he said this yeah. shot saved his ass and he has to get two more of them. It's not just a one-time go thing. Yeah. They they recommend anywhere between three and six. Yeah. Um, and while I was considering doing this, I'm looking at the testimonies because I, I don't want what they're selling. I want what other people have actually experienced. So I had to go online, do this research, find these little groups and Reddits and everything for people who have really done this. And uh, it seems that I would guess anywhere in the neighborhood of 90%, give or take five, that 90% or more people experience these positive effects, not just small and kind of, yeah, I feel a little better than I did, but drastic increases in mood and drive and energy. And uh, not just that, but their overall depression is down. Their anxiety is down. Their need to feel um, vindicated or to feel justified in whatever it is that they're doing is gone. And it just allows for a different mindset, just like the ayahuasca, you know, anything else that you do physically uh, to prepare your body for the work you're going to do mentally is a help. You know, they, they exactly. preach that a, a lot in Tai Chi. Uh, I took that up while I was in Topeka with a buddy of mine named Ryan. Now, he was on a completely different level than I was. <laughs> I was beginner level and he was, you know, advanced. Um, but he would tell me, he's like the work we do physically is what is preparing our mind for. Like we have to do the prep work physically so that when we do the work, the actual work mentally, not only is it easier, but we understand it more. We're able to frame it. You I, know? I want you to do me a favor, Mark. I yeah. want, I, 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 I would like for you to commit to it, but if you, if you don't I understand and I would like to check back with you in a week just to see how you feel. I would love for you to not drink any sugar or eat any sugar, period. Yeah, that's hard in the South. I know. Dude, I know. Bro, <laughs> I know. You, li- you, live in- you live under the sweet tea belt. I already know. 
and sweet tea is the greatest fucking drink that's ever been created. And everything down there is sugary or fried. Now, I'm not saying, hey, go keto. I'm just saying, check this out. For one week, don't drink nail one soda. Not one. Don't drink like crazy. Just, just take the time. Look at the back of the thing. If it says sugar on it, don't touch it. Just one week and just drink the shit out of water. You know, I tried that before. You could do it. I, I did that for one, and and I'll go ahead and I'm, I'm gonna do it because I know it works. I stopped all fried food and I stopped anything sweet. Uh, while I was in college, uh, I was getting my degree in education, and I did some research on how many calories of sweet tea a day I consume. And I was consuming anywhere between a thousand and thirteen hundred calories every day. That's crazy. One thousand three hundred calories on my worst day. How much? How much? How much were were you? How much were you burning a day? Oh, I was lazy. I was nothing. I, I was a couch potato, and I was packing on weight. So I went straight water, and I just stopped eating crap. And I lost 15 pounds in like three or four weeks. I mean, it was insane. Well, there you go. Mad. There you go. And she's like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, I'm sorry. She's like, you're not even exercising. I was like, I know. It's awesome. <laughs> like, I, I can still be lazy. Now, just and imagine you I drink was. all that water and then work out. Let's just say you ride. Let's just say when you get off this phone call, you go ride your bike. Let's just say, and you keep doing it. You're going to come home one day. Your, your lady's going to come home one day, and she's going to see you in the bathroom changing or whatever, and she's just going to like, hey, bro, you look like a, a god. Stick it to me. Let's make another baby. I would very highly doubt those thoughts have ever gone through her mind, but, hey, I hope so. Um, yeah, and honestly, I, because I'm, uh, we've all gained this corona weight, I, I need to get down anyways because once I start back working and, you know, getting back in the classroom, those kids are going to be ruthless. Dude, January 1, I was 300 pounds. Right now, I'm 245 because of corona. Oh, nice. I just put oh, in work. Forced you to work out? I put in work. All I did was work. And, like, I feel like a straight-up G now. You know, that seems to be the number one thing with people who – have a very strong mental mindset and people who seem to have their shit together. I don't. They all work out. I don't. They all exercise. Well, well, no. Well, see, it took me time to get there. It wasn't just, I got 300 pounds because I was fucking too comfortable, bro. I was too comfortable. I let it get away from me. I was not disciplined and I didn't hold myself accountable. And my mental, my, see, my PTSD is not violent or anything like that. I don't outburst. I get very recluse. And I just, I kept to myself and all, self-pity and uh, I was just shitty on myself thinking about things back in Iraq, Survivor's Guild, all this other bullshit, bullshit that's not fucking real. And then Corona hit. I'm like, oh my God, I am in my worst fear right now. I am trapped. I cannot get, jail is my worst fear. Being stuck in a fucking cage is the scariest thing yeah. possible to me. Kill me. You yeah. want to put me in jail for two weeks? No, I want the death penalty, sir. So... I'm, I'm stuck at home, and I'm like, "What the fuck is my fat ass doing? My ankles were, sw- my ankles were swelling. 
I couldn't shit right. My brain was gone. I was just crying all the fucking time. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I used to be a beast. This motherfucker's still in there, right? So I'm like, I got a bicycle. No, fuck the bicycle. I'm not ready. So I started walking. And I got one of those things and started picking up garbage on the side of the road. One of those little uh, stick things with yeah. the, the claw. Yeah. Started doing that every day. Then I was like, you know what? I can make this two miles pretty easy because each one of my blocks at my house, is they're a, a square mile. So I'm like, I can make it around this. And so I was like, fuck it. I'm going to put, I put 15 pounds in a ruck. I'm like, let's ruck it. I was sucking wind. I was hurting. I was dying. And it's all rolling hills. But it got better and better and better and better. And I stopped drinking soda. I stopped eating bullshit, just eating fish and chicken, dude. And water, 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 water. All those pounds started falling off my big ass. And then I could get on the bike. And then I started going. And now, every single day at 5 a.m., I wake up 15 miles, no question. I put in some music. Put in a book, roll, and I watch the sun come up every day, and I'm feeling like a Mac Daddy, but I got a long way to go, a long, long way to go, and if I smoked weed, I'd probably smoke weed and ride a bike. It'd probably be fun as shit, to be honest. As long as you smoke a sativa. that's. Uh, I don't even know what that means. The sativa is the one that wakes your mind up. It's going to give you more euphoric feelings mentally. It's going to give you more energy. Um, it, is it going to be like drinking a Red Bull? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I'm not going to exaggerate it that much. But if you get a strong sativa, then getting on a bike would be the perfect thing. Bro, then get you, the get, you, get you a bong, get you a, a nice banger. And hit you some sativa in the morning, drink a big old thing of water, get your ass on the bike, put some booty jams on or whatever the fuck you like to listen to in your headphones, and just pedal that bad boy up the hill and get it, suck wind and get some. You did it once when you were a kid. When you joined the army, it hurt like a bitch, but you did it. Yeah, I've got a membership to a gym that's right down the street. I really have no excuse other than I've been late. Um, there you but, go. You yeah, just I'll, answered I'll your own you question. That, uh, you answered your fucking I'll, own question, bro. I'll uh, I'll take you up on that little challenge. And no sugar for the next week. I j- and, and I uh, want to see. I want to see. Just start how just do this, bro. I promise. I promise. Do this. If you go even longer, if you go longer than a week, you take. You go to that mirror, take a picture of yourself with a shirt off. Just look at it. You don't got to show no goddamn body. Don't show now not one person. This is for you. And then you just stick with it. And you know what else you could do? Find a mirror at your house and at the very top of it, get like a some soap or whatever or a Sharpie or what. I don't care what you have to write with. And just put accountability. And you know what the fuck that means. You know what that means. It's your own self-accountability. And when you have that and you see that every day, you're accountable for yourself and your actions and your bullshit and your goods and your bads. You have no choice but to fucking do it. And if you keep taking that picture and it gets better and better and better and better and better, I promise, man, your fucking mental will go along with with your cannabis. Your cannabis is the the surfboard of the mind, you know? You're yeah. riding that bitch. And... 
you're going to make it out on the other side of the tube, dude. You just stick with it, and you're accountable for yourself. Yeah, and honestly, I've always said that my goal is to get off cannabis completely. My goal is to not have to do that. And, you know, I, I understand the amount of work you got to put into something like Tai Chi, the amount of work you got to put into something like yoga. Um, Yoga's not I, bad at all I've either. doing those things. Do it. Yoga, it gets the juices flowing. I'll say that. I'm telling um, you, bro, it does. <laughs> I I do that. I do that shit, man. I I go on YouTube and I type in Sarah Beth Yoga, and she is hotter than the sun, dude. If you want a good time looking at this hot lady, oh my gosh, she's so hot, and she's super sweet, and she's not like that. She's not like like that uh, super quinoa eating yogi. You know, she's not. She's not. Yeah. Woo woo. She's like point blank tells you what's going on. No bells and whistles. And she's got she's got a yoga uh thing for every kind of mood, every kind of aches and pains, every kind of all bullshit. And I do that shit every day, man, and it works. It work and go to the chiropractor. Do that too. Crack your shit. Get your yeah, shit. I've seen a chiropractor for over a year, uh last year. I just stopped doing it. I've I've learned to Torque my body and rotate, you know, in ways that'll pop my lower back and then, then my upper when I need it. But uh, sounds to me, man, yeah, like you're you're on the right track. Now you just need to focus on health and you got to focus on you. And with the cannabis, you're definitely doing the mental part of it for sure, and actually knowing what's going on. Yeah, and that's the thing is between cannabis therapy. Uh, looking to go into some more short-term uh, in-resident type programs. Uh, it's hard to find community groups that are doing much now because of the COVID-19 thing. The VA shut down a lot of those groups. Uh, well, you're you know, well, bro, you are is. in fucking luck because I work for a company, a veteran organization actually called After Action Network. And if you go to afteractionnetwork.org, we have something on there called the Veteran Navigator Network. And you just type in your zip code and you can find all the people around you. Oh, nice. Yeah, exactly. And you're in a military town, dude. Oh, they're everywhere. In fact, my old first sergeant, he runs the CVMA Motorcycle Club down here. Yahtzee! Um, Yahtzee. So I, I bumped into him all the time. I've been considering getting a motorcycle, but financially haven't been in the place to do it. Fuck the motorcycle. Um, Get you a bicycle right now. Start off slow. <laughs> That's right. Start with a physical exercise before I get to get, lazy yes, on the motorcycle. Yes, off. yes. Get your fucking mind right and your body right first. And then, but you know what? You can always find other vets to go ruck marching or something. Go go smoke you some sativa and go fucking ruck marching. Feel, dude, get your five meter intervals. Take a, take a knee, take a piss. Do do what your fucking grunt ass was meant to do. Keep doing it. It's not you ain't dead. Well, I've got I've got uh, one, two. Yeah, I got two guys that live next to me or across from me that are rangers. Another guy that he's getting ready to start training for it. Um, well, there you my go. Neighborhood, I'd, I bet we're fifty percent either active duty or veteran. And you've just answered your own question, bro. You've just answered your own question. Just knock on their fucking door, say, "Hey, Ranger, you fucking tab asshole, put your ruck on. Let's go fucking march." 
Uh, I call him worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he, he gets a lot of grief because he's in the S shop. So, well, uh, he'll get there one day. He'll get the I third bat one day. Daily. Right. <laughs> but, uh, there ain't nothing but a thing. Yeah, you've well, got, hey, you've um, got you a platoon there. You've got you a little platoon. Take charge of that motherfucker and go rucking. Just do something. Smoke a little bit. Have fun. Shoot the shit with some other veterans, man. Because we're the only ones that really give a shit about us. And yeah, there's. I mean, I'm not saying sure. that. I'm not saying the the civilian community at large. I'm. This is a very umbrella statement. But there's a lot that don't give three shits, and they think we're all crazy. But it's not the case. And we have a. They just don't understand when you're 17 years old and you start your life, hey, you're put into war for the next 15 years of your life. Figure it out after that. Well, it's hard. So there's a lot of people out there that do give a shit, and there's a lot that don't, and there's a lot. Who cares? Who cares? We've got us. We're together in this motherfucker together. Yeah, and it's a lot easier when you're not doing it on your own. So if there are any vets out there that hear this that are on their own or think they're on their own, you ain't find a way to get connected. Find a way. Wounded Warrior, find the After Action Network, find whatever it is you can put your hands on. Yeah, yeah, dude. And get engaged. Exactly. Find groups on social media dude we're everywhere that's the one thing that we've got the vietnam era and everybody before them beat we have the internet we have communication we have documented success with this shit so get out there do your part and it's too easy man it's too easy well brother i appreciate the time on air i gotta get uh, my kids here there all right mark well i appreciate you me. you have a good one stay safe and i'm gonna call you back i want to keep in touch with you bro yeah sounds great all right dude you have a good one all right thank you you do the same bye oh bye everybody's that easy you just got to connect we're all in this together And I will catch you guys later.